This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. This morning, a special interview with British Prime Minister Boris Johnson. He, like President Biden, is struggling with the pandemic. The UK death rate by percentage of population has now surpassed the US rate and is one of the highest in the world. Good morning to you, Mr. Prime Minister. Good morning. Uh, thank you for joining us. I, I wanted to ask you, a little bit of your reflection on what just happened overnight. Uh, you strongly condemned the attack on the U.S. Capitol and said it was completely wrong for then-President Trump to have consistently cast doubt on the outcome of a free election. In terms of America's global standing, what signal did his acquittal make? I think the clear message that we get from the proceedings in America is that after all the toings and froings and all the kerfuffle, American democracy is strong and the American constitution is strong and, and robust and uh, we're delighted now, I'm very delighted to have a, a good relationship with the, the White House which is a, an important part of any UK uh, Prime Minister's mission and I've had some good conversations already with, uh, with President Biden, uh, fantastic conversations about the way he sees things and you know, Margaret, there's been some important uh, uh, developments in the, the way UK-US thinking has been coming together in the last uh, few weeks, particularly on uh, issues like climate change, on NATO, on uh, Iran, uh, but above all on the ways that uh, the, the US and the UK are going to work together to deal with the environmental challenge that faces our, our planet. And there, I think, some of the stuff we're now hearing from the new American administration, from the new White House, is incredibly encouraging. And we want to work uh, with, the, with the president on that. And I understand you will be hosting President Biden for his first foreign minister's foreign meeting on the 19th, although it'll be virtual because of COVID. Um, the Trump administration has already pledged about $4 billion in December to the Global Vaccine Alliance in this fight against COVID. And I understand that's the focus 
of your upcoming meeting with President Biden. What are you asking him to do? The United States uh, and the UK both have an incredibly proud record of supporting the COVAX Global Vaccine Alliance. So together, uh, we contribute huge sums to ensuring that countries around the world that are less fortunate than ours have access to, to vaccines. And we'll be working to, uh, to make sure that that happens. What I also want to see is uh, the, the, the US and the UK working together to learn the lessons from the, the pandemic and to build back better together. I'm, uh, thrilled that President Biden uh, has also got a slogan, uh, build back better. I think well, I think I claim that yeah. uh, we used it first. So to be truthful, I think we, we, we nicked it from someone else before I started using it. But it's the right slogan, uh, Margaret. We've got to learn from this pandemic. We've got to learn about uh, how to, to share information, how to, how to share uh, drugs properly, how to make sure we don't hoard things like uh, personal protective equipment, as you saw earlier on in the pandemic. We've got to make sure that we, we are distributing vaccines. Uh, in, the, in the UK, we now have one of the fastest vaccine rollouts anywhere in the world, as, as your viewers may perhaps know. Uh, that's, uh, we've, uh, I think we've done almost 15 million vaccinations in, in, in our country. Almost, I think more than one in four adults has now had uh, a vaccination. Uh, that's, that's tremendously fast progress. But we want to make sure that we work with countries like, like the United States so that everybody gets a vaccination. There's no point in, uh, in great countries like the United States, uh, the UK, vaccinating our own populations if we don't ensure that everybody gets a vaccination. So you're this asking the US for more money towards that? The US has already been extremely generous, as you said yourself, and the UK is the second biggest uh, contributor to, to COVAX and uh, to the global anti-virus, uh, the, the, uh, the vaccination alliance, uh, that, uh, the Gavi organization, uh, and we'll continue to do that. And, uh, you, you know, the, just as the pandemic doesn't respect borders, so the fight against the pandemic has got to be mounted by uh, by countries coming together. Scientists work together across borders to beat this thing. And today, the incredible thing is that science is really gaining the upper hand. And looking at the pandemic in your country, in my country, I reckon science, in, in this arm wrestle, science is winning. Well, in this arm wrestle, though, I want to ask you about what the World Health Organization report actually constituted, because they have deep concerns about the investigation about Chinese interference, and they are demanding that China hand over data about the early outbreak. Are you joining them in that call? Is China obscuring what happened? One of the things we'll be uh, calling for in the, the G7, which uh, President Biden is going to be joining, uh, I'm glad to say, is, the, uh, is global coordination in uh, getting to the bottom of what happens with these diseases. So when you have a zoonotic uh, plague, uh, like coronavirus, we need to know exactly how it happened. Now, indeed, if it's, if it's zoonotic, if it really originated uh, from uh, human contact with uh, the animal kingdom, that's what is asserted. But we need to know exactly what happened. Was it in a, in a wet market? Did it come from uh, the bats? Were the bats associated with the, the pangolins? All these questions are now matters of uh, speculation, uh, we need to see the data. We need to see all the evidence. So I, I thoroughly support what President Biden has said about that. 
British government scientists revealed on Friday that that particular strain, B117, which was first detected in your country, is likely increased to uh, a greater rate of hospitalization and death, perhaps as much as 40 to 60% more. You're under a lot of political pressure to open your schools. Are you certain you can do that next month? We're proceeding in a cautious way. And what you've got at the moment in the UK is the virus uh, coming down. You're perfectly correct in what you say about the, the B117 variant. Uh, though bear in mind that the reason we've been able to isolate this and other variants is that the UK conducts far more genomic uh, analysis than any other country. Of all the genomic testing that's going on in the world, we do like 47% here in the UK. So we're pretty good at spotting these uh, mutations of these viruses and, and tracking their movement through our populations. Uh, it's absolutely true that, it, that this one spreads faster. But what you're now seeing is thanks to the efforts of the British people, uh, the, the lockdown, plus possibly uh, the, uh, the effects of the vaccine, we're going to start seeing the, uh, the rates coming down uh, more sharply. And uh, they're falling at the moment. Uh, we want to be in a position where, where we can begin to open up. So what I've said, Margaret, is that on March the 8th, we want schools to go back if we possibly can. Uh, I'm not saying that uh, we're uh, announcing that today because we're going to be saying a lot more on the 22nd of this month. We'll be making clear our roadmap. And I think what people want to see, and this may be the same in the US as well, is clarity about the way forward and taking steps to unlock that you don't then have to reverse. Exactly. That's what I want to press you on, though, people. Mr. Prime Minister, because when you announced you were shutting schools in January, and you would really prioritize for a long time keeping open schools, when you said they've got to shut down in January, you said they were because they might be vectors of transmission for the community. If you've got this strain circulating and you believe schools are vectors of transmission, how can you reopen them? The answer to, to that is that you need to see what the uh, effect of the vaccination program is in removing likely uh, victims, uh, for, uh, victims in the, in the sense of uh, people who suffer either death or serious disease, uh, what the success of the vaccination program has in removing those people from the path of the, of the disease. And uh, also what's happening with the, the rate of infection. It's now coming down, Margaret, very considerably uh, in our country. What we don't know is quite how fast it's going to be coming down in the next couple of weeks. But we'll be saying uh, a lot more about in the, in the days ahead. One of the vaccines that you are using uh, is from UK pharmaceutical company AstraZeneca. And there are questions now about how effective it can be against some of the mutant strains, particularly uh, the one first detected in South Africa. Are you concerned you're putting a flawed vaccine into the arms of your constituents? And what's your backup plan? We have great confidence in all the vaccinations that we're using. And uh, we have no reason to think that they are uh, ineffective against any uh, variation of the, any, any variant, uh, any new variant of the, of the virus in protecting people, Margaret, against a serious illness and, and death. And that's, the, that's a very important consideration for us. When you look at uh, Pfizer or, or AstraZeneca or Oxford uh, AstraZeneca, uh, we're confident that these have a, a major beneficial effect in protecting vulnerable people 
against, uh, against illness and death. Uh, and also, very probably, uh, and uh, this is another important thing, in reducing the spread of the disease. One of the uh, features of uh, Oxford AstraZeneca that has been recently confirmed by the scientists is that it, it reduces transmission uh, between people as well. There's a 67% reduction in transmission as a result of the use of these vaccinations. Back in April, you were hospitalized with COVID. You were quite ill. You were in the ICU. Did you ever think you wouldn't make it? I think in common with many people in my country, I'm very grateful to the fantastic work of the, uh, of the NHS, and uh, they did an outstanding job, and they continue to do an outstanding job. Uh, thankfully, uh, since uh, last April, we now have treatments. Some of them actually pioneered here in this country, uh, dexamethasone uh, and others, which uh, make a huge difference to people's uh, experience in hospital. And uh, in addition, as I say, we have uh, the vaccine. So the world has moved on a long way since, uh, since March, April of last year. And it's a very exciting, a very moving thing to see the way uh, science, medicine, human ingenuity is really coming to the rescue of, of humanity. And uh, an absolutely incredible thing to, to see how governments combined with uh, great companies, and you know, you've got you to hand yeah, it to, to the, the question, whole uh, free market capitalist system. What's the question? Uh, if, did you think you might not make it? I think I was going to, well, what's the question? I, well, no, I, 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 that didn't occur. I mean, I think one of the, one of the, one of the features of this, of this uh, illness is that uh, you don't, uh, as, as you undergo it, you, it's, it's possible you don't realize uh, quite what a, what a state you're in. I think that is one of the features of it because your, your oxygen levels go down uh, in a way that perhaps the patient doesn't necessarily uh, detect themselves. Oh, and that's why it's so serious. I want to ask you about uh, US-UK relations. You have not yet met President Biden, though you're about to have this virtual meeting. You did have a phone call. Back in 2019, he referred to you, as I'm sure you know, as the physical and emotional clone of Donald Trump. Are you concerned you're going to start off on the wrong foot? I've had, uh, I think, already two long and very good conversations with the president. And we had a really good exchange, particularly about uh, climate change. And uh, what he wants to do, I think it's today that America has just joined the, uh, the Paris Accords, uh, ended the, the reversal of America's membership of that. And that's great news. Uh, we, want to, we want to build back better together, uh, particularly in the run-up to the COP summit in November in Glasgow uh, this year, which we hoped will be a, a physical incarnation of the, uh, of the leaders of, of the world, uh, to agree what we hope will be a fantastic thing, which is everybody to get to uh, net zero carbon emissions by 2050, but also making pledges uh, on the way what they're going to do to get there uh, by 2030. So that means uh, moving to new techno technology in a way that I think the Biden administration supports. So uh, getting uh, much, many more of our vehicles powered by electricity, putting a big bet on hydrogen, putting a big bet on wind power, and the UK, you may or may not know, is blessed with phenomenal gusts of wind, particularly in the North Sea. And we intend to harness this to become the Saudi Arabia of wind, and uh, as it were. 
And uh, well, there is a massive Biden... opportunity, I think, for the US and the UK to, to, share, to share technology and uh, to work together and using technological solutions to drive down CO2 emissions. Well, you may see the same, same uh, direction on those issues, but on the issue of Ireland, you may have some difference here. President Biden doesn't want you to put that peace agreement in Northern Ireland at risk at all, has made clear that border needs to stay open and you need to adhere to that EU-UK agreement from December. Can you commit and reassure the U.S. Congress and the U.S. President that you will do so in all circumstances? Stick to that agreement. You bet. This is fundamental for us. The, uh, the, the Anglo-Irish agreement, the peace agreement, the Good Friday process, the, uh, the Belfast uh, agreement, these, uh, these agreements are absolutely crucial. And the Northern uh, Ireland for Protocol. Our, uh, continued stability, uh, con our continued stability and, uh, and, and success as a, as a UK and our success. I have a great relationship uh, with, uh, with, with, with Dublin, with Michal Martin, uh, the Irish Taoiseach, and we're going to work together to do some great things. And, and Margaret, be in no doubt, we don't want to do anything to jeopardise the achievements uh, of the, the Northern Irish uh, peace process. That's absolutely vital. And the Northern Ireland Protocol specifically, you will adhere to that open border. We want to make sure that uh, there's uh, free movement north-south, a free movement east-west, east and, uh, and that we, we guarantee uh, the rights of, uh, of the people of Northern Ireland, of course. All right. Mr. Prime Minister, I'm told we are at time. Uh, thank you very much for your time today. No. <laughs> Margaret, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Face the Nation will be back in one minute. Stay with us. If you like Face the Nation with Margaret Brennan, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most-watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.